Welcome to the No Pressure, No Diamonds podcast, where entrepreneurs come to harness their struggles, doubt, fear, negativity, and setbacks. They place pressure on the blessing of adversity to become the strong, fearless, excited, passionate winner they were destined to be. A diamond. A diamond. The legendary, the, the legendariness is, is flowing. Yeah. Uh, but guess what, man? We back, back once again. My name is Alex Rose. I got my boy Tommy Solano. <laughs> I say it different every time too, bro. It just, uh, yeah, well, I accent with it this time. Uh, yeah, I I threw it in yeah. Uh, man, we here for the with the No Pressure No Diamonds podcast, man. Super excited about today's episode. We have an amazing special guest in here. Business extraordinaire. Um, you know. Uh, personal you know everything he does man it's so great he helps people he personally develops people builds their builds business builds brands and you know in multiple fields as well and he makes it look so easy he Mm -hmm. makes it look so simple makes it look so smooth (laughs) what does this guy do floats like a butterfly and also uh you know has a great family life um you know takes care of his family man is literally the go-to person uh for his family man which is just an amazing um, which is a you know just an amazing uh, I want to say footsteps to footsteps to to have man and you know for his family to the way he leads so I'm so excited to have this guest here, Mister Itibari Zulu. How's it going, sir? Amazing, amazing. I'm glad that I got on the no pressure, no, no diamonds. diamonds. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> he got his heel voice going. Yes. Yeah, got the deal. in the inception of this. <laughs> yep. That's but, it, uh, man. Excited to be here today. Appreciate it, appreciate it, man. So, so we gonna so we gonna kick it off here. Um, you know, today's today's real topic is really gonna be about leadership, um, uh, developing people, right? Develop and obviously develop. In order to develop people, you have to develop yourself. Um, and you know, I'll and we'll kind of pass questions around here too. Um, but <clears throat> now, tell people a little bit about your background. You know, kind of where you're from, how you ended up you know, in business and then we'll, and then we'll take it from there. Nice. So I always tell people there's a couple different stories depending on, you know, who I'm catering towards in the moment, but they all happen. So, um, first I generally start off just background when it comes to uh, family, I had parents in education. They told me go to school, get the degrees, you know, uh, get a good education. So that way you can get a good job. So I ended up following suit, ended up with a couple pieces of paper, thought all the money was going to come running. The only thing that came running was student loans. Okay. Debt. Uh, huh? <laughs> right. And um, that's, so that's part of my, my background. Um, also, I used to compete in the martial arts professionally on that end. And, uh, you know, that was exciting. Played some college football, all of that. So they all kind of led me, you know, to this point. But the first real job I had was, um, it was like a warehouse type gig. Okay. Great experience. Why? Because I know I'd never do nothing like that ever again in my life. <laughs> oh, Felt like I was getting dumber by the minute. Oh, right. Man. You know, so I had that scenario. And this is the first time I had, uh, I heard about a union and stuff like this and them trying to get you to operate a certain way, almost like brainwashing. They had us watch a video and saying, hey, unions are bad. If they're coming in, they're doing this. And I was like, oh, no, I'm out of here. So that next day I quit. Right. So I I quit that job, left and went to uh, PC Club Computers. It was building, selling computers, Uh, knew nothing about computers at that time. But I knew I didn't want to be dusty and dirty every single day (laughs) (laughs) like I was. Yeah. So 
when I went from um, that standpoint over there, I realized it was just another number. So I remember being in a standpoint where it's like you're busting your butt trying to work up that corporate ladder just for you basically to get pissed on. That's really what it was oh, <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> That's what it was. Because uh, I remember this guy, I still remember him. His name is Adrian. He was about five nothing, right? And uh, the guy says, he walks in, he said, hey, someday you could be like me if you're lucky. I make 80 grand a year, right? Um, and you guys know that. That really happened? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a movie. Yeah, Come like on, a movie. Bro. Okay. Yeah. It really it, it, it really like happened. And um, you know, so he walks in, and then I'm thinking like, because he was like the fifth or seventh employee hired for this company or whatnot. And um the story gets better, you know, on here. But um I didn't I wasn't one of those people that were a good butt kisser, basically. <laughs> See, <laughs> I know there it goes, huh? Okay, Business yeah. is calling yeah. always, man. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> so I wasn't one of those people that was a good butt kisser. So it was one of those things where I um, I would give people respect that were giving me respect, basically. So this guy didn't like that I didn't basically bow down because he walked in the door. Number one, I didn't know who the heck he was. Didn't really matter, you know. Um, and I remember the first time I seen him, he came in the store. And because I didn't have this like, oh, my gosh, this guy walked in the door. He didn't like it. And probably because I'm twice his size, you know. Oh, I'm, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm about 6'2", so he was, you know, about four foot, I think. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you would have had, had to take the, uh, the, the, the floor down a couple feet. Uh, yeah. So I see think, eye to eye. I think Prince, he had a Prince. problem with that. <laughs> he had a problem with that, you know. So it already started off on the wrong foot. And the manager there, I knew the manager, he's the one who hired me, and he didn't tell me until like six, seven months later that the guy wanted to told him to fire me that first day that he met me. But mm. the manager never told me because we were friends, mm -hmm. right? And um, he just told me, hey, you know, read some books, you know, try to do better and all this stuff. Because he didn't have the heart to tell me that the guy wanted to fire me. And uh, so I just because of him, I said, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll, do, I'll try to work harder or whatnot. So I became number one in the region for for the first 90 days, let's say, right? So I was number one sales margin. That was the biggest, pro, uh, you know, the profit part for the company. And um, I figured, okay, I'll work, work hard and then try to get a raise. So I'm number one in the region and I go to go get the raise. Now I'm in Palmdale location and the home office is in uh, uh, Studio City. Right. No, City of Industry. That's what it was. Mm. City of Industry. Man, that's deep in the uh, L.A. Huh? Yeah. So if you think about it from Palmdale to City of Industry. Uh, drive sucks. Yeah. So I thought because I did the research, people were making about 12 to 14 dollars an hour more than I was making. They were producing what we were producing in that location. So I'm thinking I'm going to get a, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm uh, a, a significant person. bump. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys had that scenario where you're like working and you're like, oh, you know what? They're going to they're gonna take care of me because I'm I'm doing right by them. So I go there. <laughs> you guys know what my uh, <laughs> my raise was? Uh, 50 cent. Listeners guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They guess. You guys know, right? Oh, man. A quarter. Right? Oh, dang. A straight up quarter. Yeah, I wish I could have made this stuff up. Like two dollars and fifty cent? No. 
A quarter. <laughs> <laughs> That's disrespectful. Yeah, utter disrespect. So imagine you driving. It cost me more to go over there just in gas to get there. Right. Right. So at that point, I realized that you, no one was going to pay me what I was worth. Mm. Right. That, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew no one was going to pay me what I was worth at that point. Right. So from there, I had my first paradigm shift. And then I had my buddy that um, was the computer tech there and he was the research guy. So his first thing was like, all right, you know, let me let me go find different ways. We were talking like, man, this is they're screwing us here. Mm -hmm. How are we going to make money? So our whole thing was we need to make one hundred dollars a day. Right. <laughs> so we, we need to make one hundred dollars a day. Slice up why, why that? Why that number? Just because at that point we, we weren't making a hundred dollars a day <laughs> so to make a hundred dollars a day was just a round number. I guess it seemed good at that time. Right. Okay. You know, outside of whatever the job income was. So, um, we'll see how censored this one is. Um, we got full disclosure. Man, everything, man. You good, yeah. man. It, okay. it, there's no limits on the no pressure. No pressure. Okay. Come on, baby. So, <laughs> so there used to be, and then I was like, this is like early twenties, right? Um, so this statue is how of limitations. Yes, yeah, statue of limitations. Yeah, we're here. We we there now, right? The PC club is out of business, man. Anyway. And that's what happened. So the guy, you know, uh, so I got, I got my give back. the right people the right money. There you go. So uh, or recognize real talent. That's yeah. at the end of the day. So over there, there used to be um, there used to be people that uh, uh, you know, like the bootleggers and all this type of stuff. They, we had the, one of the first standalone machines. So they would come in and duplicate a bunch of CDs. So they used to pay us to use the machines. Mm. Oh, to burn like copies. Yeah. Yeah. So we were the first one that had to build <laughs> the standalone. So we had all the movies, all the other stuff. I remember one of our guys selling uh, Matrix, right? A crappy copy for $120 to one of the bootleggers. <laughs> Right. Damn. Why? Because he was like, you know, you're going to go make a thousand dollars on this. So what's $120. So literally one DVD, $120. And the guy had to buy it. Right. So I started paying attention to these things. Then the we, hustle. Yeah. We started buying stuff. Like I might buy parts, maybe spend $200 on some parts for a computer at that time to get a desktop. It was, couple thousand bucks to get the the nice one with all the you know the motherboards that you want the ram and all this stuff it adds up so a lot of people are like hey you know what we can't afford that this and that so if they seem cool right then we would give them a discount if they seem like a jerk guess what it was doubling tripling up the price <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was in there so what happened is we learned it hey you know what we'll just buy the stuff wholesale put it together just as good of a system, but we might charge like $600, $700, right? And it might cost us $100. <laughs> Statue of limitations. You created the middleman. There you go. So we, yeah. this is how we were always making at least a hundred couple, a hundred dollars each. I forgot to say that. So we had to make a hundred dollars each a day. Oh, so, yeah. so when we went, I remember this is how I found out that if you don't cash a check by a certain time, it's not going to be good. So we went, both of us went, about seven or eight checks where we didn't cash our work check. <laughs> it was in there going, hell, I didn't even need that money. <laughs> we didn't even cash our work check. And it was like, oh, it's going to expire. You know, we're like, what? You know, so that's 
So this is when I started getting that entrepreneurial spirit of having money work for me or me being more effective right. mm. at the, with the time. So I was at a job, right? Some people didn't know me now. They don't never believe that I ever had a job, but I had a job before, right? Um, and this is what, what I learned. Then we really tipped it off. It's like, okay, what's supply and demand? Okay, I was never into doing drugs or something like that, right? Or selling drugs or nothing like that. But that business I, works the same, by the way. Yeah, pretty much, right? A statute of limitations. So I know nothing about it. I've heard. So it was the fireworks. Okay. So he went in. This guy was like, you know, he he just loved all the fireworks stuff, you know, the shows. And um, I won't say what cities, you know, we were at whatnot. But anyways, he found where to get the fireworks pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. So he spent like $1,200 on his credit card and was like, man, he came back to work. He's like, Zulu, you know, I, I slipped up, man. I, got, I spent all this money on, uh, on um, you know, fireworks. And now, like, my, my card's ran up. I got to get rid of some of this stuff. So he started making calls, making calls. And this is all at work, all right? And then I'm like, I see half the days going by, and he's just selling stuff. And I'm like, you know what? And this time I was a big baller. So I had a I had a whopping sixty two dollars in my pocket, right? <laughs> so that sixty two dollars, I gave him the sixty dollars, like give me whatever you got for sixty two bucks. So I go next door. There's the um, flipped it for one hundred and fifty, one hundred eighty two, one hundred eighty two, one hundred eighty two dollars. There's skateboard shop next door. Um, those guys are big now. You know they're actually a big brand now. Oh, you, know? you were in the mall. I wasn't at the mall, but I was. They had their first shop before the mall. Went. Oh, okay. This I know this was dudes. before they yeah, they before they got the mall's location. They were next door to us, so I go over there and uh, I come back and I got one hundred eighty two dollars. And then at the end of the day, this is throughout throughout the workday. He's like, bro, I don't have any more stuff. I was like, light bulb. Let's go back. <laughs> right. So we go out there again. I got, um, I think I, I had like $600. So we come back, my $600 turns into like four grand, right? <laughs> then I go back, I spend another 2,400. My 2,400 turned into 16,000, right? <laughs> we were making like $1,500 a day when it came closer to um, yeah, 4th of July. July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was out there wild. <laughs> yeah, and it took years for people to stop calling me in the summer. I was probably not doing it for at least five years and I was still getting calls. <laughs> you know, I'd never seen anything like you that. You got them orders? And then you got them orders? <laughs> yeah, you got, you got, like, it's crazy. People coming, driving from everywhere. So that showed me about distribution. Mm -hmm. And then you got to get out there with the people, right? Um, and then, um, but I realized I needed to do it. Then it became where it was like a, um, misdemeanor to some people getting felonies because you have because what happens when you start something then people start trying to pick up and they start biting and they don't have the same principles so what happens they kind of they screw the game up for everybody oh, they start cutting everything up yeah you know cutting it with a <laughs> cutting it with flour there you go right hey <laughs> what you talking about so so that's that's what happens right cutting with sugar so now you got all these knuckleheads out there and then now, you know, they kind of burn the whole thing type deal, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I stopped dealing with all of that or whatnot, but then I was still looking for 
I, I, the feeling of being able to progress, right? Cause at that time making $1,500 a day, I mean, I felt like I was doing something. Yeah. That's sexy. <laughs> you know? And, um, and I was for 20 something, especially. Yeah. I was what? Maybe 23, you know, somewhere around there. Uh, and then I was fighting professional too, you know? So, uh, I just knew that I wanted to be in the suit by the time I was 25 though. You know, that was like me growing up, you know? So I had a friend that told me that they were expanding, went to an overview, never came back and never clocked in for anybody ever again. Right. I seen people that seemed like they had control over their life. Uh, they seemed like they were having fun and they seemed like they was making money, you know, had no clue what the hell was going on in there, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Cause I knew mm. what I wanted. I knew what I wanted. It didn't even matter what they were talking about. Quite frankly, if it would have been totally explained to me, all the stuff that they had to do and taking tests and all that, I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have done it. That's, mm. that's the scary part. I probably wouldn't have done it if I would have actually known the, you know, the detail of what the it was, process was going of, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The requirements or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of how it kind of happened for me. You know, there's a lot of things that, tribute to it. My parents had a shop. My mom made more money on the weekend from her, her store. She had an African store. She made more money on the weekend and she was a teacher during the week. And I would have to go there and she was like, smile, put that smile on your face. Pimping me out. Cause I'm getting, 20, <laughs> you know, I'm getting $20. She just didn't made, you know, $5,000. So I get $20. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I better keep a smile on my face. But it was the customer service. So I, I seen that happen. Uh, it, it was built in my subconscious, not knowing it. And I would see my parents like speaking at events and stuff like that. Um, so it's one of those things that not knowing it, I was actually being groomed. And it was it was in my blood to do what I do. You were pulling from different well, experiences, I guess you could say, but you, you had some examples around you and stuff. And then at what point did you feel or do you feel that you put all of that stuff together to get you now? I'm still putting it together. Still putting it together. Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I wanted that nugget for, for those that are listening. Yeah. Like it, it's it's a never ending process. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent, thousand percent. So one of my affirmations that I use now daily, and I just started doing it this year is... I'm better today. So when I get up and doing my thing, washing my face, putting water on my face, I'm like, I'm better today. Cause I know that if I, I got to run my race, everybody got to run their race. So if I'm just better than I was the day before I'm winning, you can't stop me. I'm all the way up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that song. <laughs> I know, man. We will play it, but uh, copyright, we can't do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, man. But I think um, what that made, just what that made me realize is environment, you know, has a lot to do with <laughs> everything, man. You know, being in the right environment. And, you know, maybe it wasn't direct, it was indirect, it was a bunch of indirect things that you pulled from. That and you know, and you ended up utilizing, you know, you know, maybe, you know, maybe because you know your parents had a shop, you know, you realize supply and demand. Like, shoot, you know, like like you said, you know, my mom was making five grand on the weekend, and that wasn't what she was making all month at her job. You know, and just the thought process of that and what people, you know, 
can realize is just like, look, man, there's opportunity out there as long as you look for it. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's observation. There's also a self-awareness that he attached to that, too, because he, you said something that I didn't. I don't know if I've ever heard you say that, but maybe I have. But you said by 25, I wanted to be in a suit. That's very specific. Right. Yeah. And so you attributed success with a certain. Yeah. With a suit. Right. So I got to make um, sure I put a blazer but, on for you. all Right. But there was <laughs> a self-awareness there. If you, it, What I caught from all of those stories is that there there was some realization. I realized this. I realized I didn't want to be dirty and dusty. I realized that I was never going to get paid what I was worth. I realized that there was opportunity out there. I realized uh, supply and demand. So there was a self-awareness coupled with your observation skills that you started to like connect the dots. And that, I mean, to me, that's fascinating because in my 20 zoo, um, I kind of hustled and stuff too. Uh, not as legal, uh, you know, as, as <laughs> you mean, you mean more illegal probably, but, um, you know, but I, but I always loved, I loved that, that <laughs> aspect too. I loved understanding that, you know, there's, there's a way to do it, you know, yeah. and all business I started looking at is, is kind of done the same way. Yep. It, it, all of it across the board. That's why, the, you know, Jigaman is experiencing the success, right? Like the, the real hustlers, yeah. you know, they kind of get it and stuff. So it take the same work, you know, the yeah. same kind of desire, focus. And, uh, you know, when you got somebody that's, that's on the streets every day, they're worried about their life. So think about the intensity they're operating on so that kind of intensity applied to like legitimate business like mm -hmm. you, you can't fail yeah mm. well and and, can't and, fail. and the reinvestment right and so many people in the in in 20s in their 20s or younger people right there's so many people that would take that money and be like damn today was a win maybe go spend it and then the next day try to figure out like Start oh, zero. yeah exactly right but you didn't do that you said man i took 62 dollars turned it into 182 and then that 182 turned into 600 you took that 600 and doubled it up or tripled it up right yeah. and so that reinvestment too like these are all principles that apply to everything i hear gary v talk about that all the time He's like stop taking stop taking money out stop Spend buying your profit stop up. buying the nice cars and stuff and reinvest it into into your business um, yeah, own the car lot yeah yeah mm. exactly stop buying the cars right on the lot i love that you mentioned uh, mixed martial arts and you didn't dive into that too much but um in entrepreneurship what was the lesson you learned from mixed martial arts as far as competition and how have you used that in, you know, what you're currently doing if it's, in the business world? If it's going to be, it's up to me, right? So, you know, I think the mindset of things, uh, and we talk about intensity level, I don't, I, would, I don't like getting hit in the face, right? Probably nobody. I mean, maybe some people do, but I wasn't, Yeah, you know. That masochist. Yeah, I, w I just wasn't. I wasn't into that rocky stuff. Choke me. Oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, let's take a, <laughs> let's get all bloody and you know, take a. Nah, that yeah. that wasn't how I got tit down. for tat. No, it was tit tat and then hit the ground. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was about it. So one of the things that how I was trained, you know, my sensei. Some people probably didn't take it that well, but fortunately, I was one of them that did because I was, I was twelve years old and had zero fear in fighting a, a grown man 30 years old right and felt that he was gonna get worked you, you know and that was my attitude especially by the time i was 15 um because it was the confidence 
he told me, hey, I remember in the tournament, I don't even, I think I was like 17 and I was fighting in the adult league, 16 or 17, I was fighting in adults, adult league, right? And um, he's like, look, your name is Zulu, you're dark skin. They fear you. And I'm like, okay. Right? And then I, it got into that mindset, you know? So what happened is I had the mindset, I didn't think about losing, right? I had the mindset of my job is to embarrass you and destroy you. Yeah. Because you stepped in the ring, that was disrespectful. It was my job to teach you a lesson that your kid's kid's going to remember. <laughs> You know, yeah. and I, I probably went probably about a three and a half year span where I didn't even come close to losing a fight. You know, if someone got a hit on me, then like the people that are around me, they'll be clowning it. Like literally today, one of my buddies, and you know, Alex knows one of them with, with the cars. Yeah. They would still tease me about a guy that I knocked out. Right. You know, um, that was one of the last professional fights I had. Knocked the guy out cold, but they used the, the little salt thing to wake him up and all that. And the guy like literally rose up like a zombie, right? You you guys seen uh, Deontay Wilder and uh, what's the name? Uh, Tyson Fury? Uh, yeah. So this guy, you know how Tyson Fury, it seemed like this guy just rose up like a vampire, mm -hmm. like literally after they put the salt on him. So how many times have you ever seen someone uh, use the salt to wake somebody up and then they have them start fighting again? Mm -hmm. So normally when you get uh, the, the salt, you're on your way to the ambulance. Exactly. So no they had us fighting again. They had us fighting again, right? And I'm thinking, well, I'm not trying to go to jail today by hitting this guy wrong or whatever. So I'm just kind of taking it easy. And this guy's just kind of going. So they end up giving him the match. Oh, damn. I wasn't supposed to win. There was a lot of politics going on, you know, that I didn't know of at the time. But um, they teased me about that for like years on. And literally about the loss. Yeah, they're all oh, you got beat up by the by the guy, right? You know, um, uh, they would call him Cobra Kai guy because they had to cut off sleeves and all that yeah. stuff. But um, literally, I knocked him out cold, right? So mm. me getting touched was like a win for the other person. for the person, you know. So that was just the standard to what it what it was. Um, second place, it was a loss. You you know what I mean, and. Um, you, if I, what I think I realized was the mindset was that I deserve to win, and there was no way that that person even should even think that they could win against me. So, translating that into business, right? Um, I think is when I know I'm on my game, then I'm gonna get done whatever I gotta get done, right? The part that, um, that's probably what was easier in the martial arts than, than doing business. Cause a lot of times in business, you're orchestrating other folks and other people. Correct. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, right. that's the, that's the part that's a little bit tougher, you know, to mm -hmm. do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things I would say is just the mindset of you, you're only going to get what you feel you deserve. Right. And then you got to trust your training. If you're around the right people, you got the right kind of, uh, you know, content or whatnot, tools, use them. I remember this guy that I fought that was, I probably fought at like 215, 220 was, one, was my weight. But I fought this guy that was like 315, right? And he was doing this hammer fist and he's just was just crushing people with like one blow type deal. 
And I was thinking, dang, I want to get hit by this dude. And all week, my sensei had me doing this reverse punch with the left hand. And I'm like, I'm right-handed. So I'm like, why is this? This is like an offhand. Why would I be practicing that? Literally, it came out and dropped this dude with the midsection, you know, shot with my left hand. And he's on the ground. And I'm thinking like, oh, man. After that, I know you got to trust the system. If you got a system, <laughs> trust the system. There it is. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know why you wax you don't wax know why, up, huh? You have no idea until you, ah, you know yep. what I'm saying? Paint the fence. Yep. <laughs> wax the floor. Up, down. That's fire, man. Yeah, That's really fire. Nah, man, because, you know, that, and that kind of leads into, well, it may lead into this next question, but the first major challenge of when you have to start leading people. <laughs> Other than the person himself? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, is, uh, you know, to, so what is that that major challenge? Because people are, are ready to go. So you have people that are ready to, you know, or they think they're ready to go. Yeah. You know, are they all committed the right or are they interested? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell somebody that this morning, you know, and I give this to, you know, Tina. That was her, her, her uh, comment she made. But some people are interested in being successful. It sounds good you know, to live this fancy lifestyle or have all these different things and people know you or have a big bank account. It sounds very interesting, but how many people are actually committed to getting those things done? Mm. You know, that that's the separator. Are you committed or are you just interested mm. in having success? What are some of those things that make somebody that gives you the, the, um, the clue that this person's a committed person? They don't necessarily always, I, I hate to say that they don't ask why, but if they understand there's a standard, they don't try to negotiate standard. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. They don't yeah. try to negotiate a standard. People that are interested, they want to negotiate a standard for success. They want to try to find a shortcut. They're like, oh, well, if I could just do it this way, well, people, they're trying to look at every excuse not to fully do what they got to go do. So they want to negotiate a standard. Mm. Have you, have, have you ever done that in your entrepreneurial journey? Negotiated a standard? Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. I'm trying to think of something that pops in my head. So I, I'm telling the truth. Um, that might tell you something if I'm having a hard time thinking about it. But um, let's see. Have I ever negotiated a standard for success? Right? Is that the question? I think that, that well, that was your statement. A statement. You, you yeah. Okay. How do we find success. out who is committed? And you said they don't negotiate standards. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I'll give an example. If... You're in a, a business and they're like, okay, you got to go to these events. You should be going to all the events. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I need to go to this event. I'm not going to go. Then I can say, no, I haven't. If that's the case, if it's like, uh, do I need to fill out all these different papers? Or I could do this one has less paperwork, maybe on that end, but not necessarily when it comes to the principles of success. Okay. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, because I don't know. I thought of like <laughs> I don't know why people's faces just pop into your pop into your head. <laughs> just thinking stuff like, oh man, that's just crazy. 
Um, yeah, but that's interested. Interested versus committed. Interested versus committed, man. I think, you know, like I said, it all sounds good. But like you said, you know, you got to do the work. You know, well, and human nature just for most people do, that doesn't it's not allowed, right? Like they're just they're not made up that way. They they have the capacity, I think, and I'm speaking for myself on so many different things too. Like last year, I had a goal of dropping 50 pounds, and I only made it to like 15, and then I I put like 12 of them back on. You know what I mean? And we well, still got three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> celebrate, win. celebrate that little win, huh? But uh, but I think it's it's profound in what you say because it's applied all across the board, and uh, and a lot of people make a habit out of that a lot of the time, right? And it's probably why so many people struggle when going into business is because they struggle to actually lose the weight, they've struggled to actually quit smoking, they've uh, struggled to like keep their word on not drinking or whatever the case may be, and that's. They're fascinated by the end result, but lack the uh, discipline to commit to the process. Right. And I'll tell you one thing that kind of comes over me right now. It's like, do you want to be a winner or you want to be a loser? Do you want to be a winner or do you want to be a loser? One of my favorite movies, American Gangster. He said, you got somebody's and you got nobody's. Right. Now, as a human being, to respect everybody as a human being, sure. as their well-being, sure. yes. But guess what? Everybody's not cut equally when it comes to their desire. Right. Mm. Dang, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. Hey, uh, where do yeah. you cut the line off? Because you had said something. My bad, Alex, dude. I, I have to get thoughts out before I lose them. But um, where do you cut the line or where do you make the distinction between – because you had said um, if you're trying to make shortcuts or create shortcuts. So so what is the difference between being innovative and taking shortcuts? Yeah, I, I think I got you. So there's one thing of being more efficient. Okay. Okay. If you're looking for efficiency and it becomes shorter because it's more efficient. Right. That That is still on the principles because you're supposed to make it as best as you can possibly make it right but now taking a shortcut just because it's like okay someone build your house but they're like ah you know and i ain't gonna put that we, we ran here. out of nails give yeah, me the glue me, yeah give me some glue <laughs> put it up in there and put it in there that's a shortcut right okay so what happens at the end of the day that bad boy falls apart and now you got a lawsuit now you got it's a bigger problem you know it's like kicking the can it, Exactly. So that's that's the the shortcut to where you know, versus um, I'm just trying to find more efficient ways to be more effective, and that's more of the innovative, which we should be. Just like you know, in business now, it's like we zooming and booming, right? So I can get to what ten times the more the amount of people than I normally would have, right? In a fraction of the time, yeah, in a fraction of the time. So that's just being, that's more, I look at that as being more innovative and uh, effective with the time to where, I mean, you guys know on that end, like, I don't think it'll ever be this. And there's no reason for it to ever go back to the way it was maybe a couple of years ago about yeah. the way that people go about doing appointments. Right. You Quote, know, unquote, uh, normal. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever normal it's a new, is. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's being rewritten. Yeah. Welcome to the No Pressure, No Diamonds podcast, where entrepreneurs come to harness their struggles, doubt, fear, negativity, and setbacks. They place pressure on the blessing of adversity to become the strong, fearless, excited, passionate winner they were destined to be. A, a diamond. diamond.
Uh, man, welcome back, man. We back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Welcome back, man. No pressure, no diamonds, man. Appreciate you for sticking around. Uh, back to it. Uh, man, we were just talking about... <laughs> a lot we were talking of stuff. about a lot of stuff, man, but we just ended off with something pretty interesting, man. It's teaching, the, teaching your next generation about, you know, uh, about utilizing their time the best and being the most efficient and distribution <laughs> yeah uh-huh. uh, the proper way man so you know it was pretty interesting man so both of you had, had a story about it during the break so so, well, so my, my mind was just a theory and uh and zulu's was application right but talking about how those uh the, the, the concepts apply across the board doesn't matter so yeah you want to share that story that'd be cool yeah yeah definitely the um so my son because proximity environment my son's five years old right and then he you know, I've seen him like, oh, I want a suit like that, right? He's, I'm a businessman. So it's funny with you here, mm-hmm. and Alex is, you know, he's like, yeah, no, I'm the boss, right? Like, he's going around telling, telling his mom that, and she's like, no, nah. <laughs> you know, but he's like, no, I'm the boss. And then dad's the boss of you. I'm the boss of her, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, of his sister. And uh, so it's just, it's hilarious, you know, but um, so he has that confidence of like, yeah, I run the show, you know, and I'm the boss. So he tells he tells my wife that he wants to do a lemonade stand. I don't know where he got it from, you know, but he wanted to do a lemonade stand. So he's like, yeah, can you do it? So it's like two days in a row he's asking me, and I'm like, all right, fine. So he gets the stand, we get the jar, help him make the, the lemonade and all that stuff. And then the next day he's out there. Um, and then there's a lot of kids and people in, in the neighborhood. So he has it, he makes a sign. So we got him up there, got him set up. So um he's he's got it for 50 cents i think he's selling it for 50 cents and uh you know maybe the bottle costs who knows to to get the powder and the lemons maybe less than five bucks right um so he's got the stand there he's he goes and get recruits a couple of his friends so this is distribution right so they go and they go knock on different doors telling people, hey, there's lemonade. So you got all these like they're a little bit older than him. They're probably like maybe seven, you know, six and seven. Maybe the oldest is eight. So they're going around to the parents and they're going around to all the doors, knocking on the doors, telling them there's free lemonade. So obviously, what do most people do? If you're a parent, you're coming out, you you feel kind of cheap if you're putting 50 cents. So most of them gave him like two dollars. Oh, give me two drinks and I'll give you two dollars. Right. So this is kind of what happened, like maybe three, four times at least. That's only because we're in the right area, bro. Because if we were uh, like where we used to be, (laughs) I'll give you a quarter. (laughs) Exactly. I buy five. I buy five cups, man. If I give you 75. (laughs) Target market. Yeah, man. Target market. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That is key. Right, he in the right neighborhood. I live in a gated community, right yeah. over there. <laughs> so it, it's it's target market. So he probably made like twenty five bucks in about less than an hour. You know, from that standpoint, Slang having it. his jar, and then even you know just for you know perception, look, and all that, he had his sign, so that way he they knew how much it was. Had his little blanket there, but he went and got his jar, so it didn't look like it was his first customer that already had money in there. Right. I've been doing this. Right. So that way it's like, oh, okay. I'm, you know, I'm not just the first person on here. And then there's a little crowd. There's a line there. Right. And then his, the, the friends that were knocking on the doors, 
Then after he gives them a drink, you know, so they can get paid and they get a, a free drink, you know, at the end of the day. So, you know, when <laughs> it comes a fresh to fresh cup for your troubles. <laughs> yes. There you go. Especially squeezed. There you go. High profit. Uh, man, right? I love oh, it. Man. So, so it's the next generation. They That's watching. what I'm talking about. And then they get to grow up in that environment of seeing it and winning, you know. Um, I love the distribution. Yeah, my oh, 100%. Boys so I don't, I don't know if you and your wife have had this conversation. I, I mean, I would imagine you have, but my, me and my wife have. And uh, I think she used to be uh, more or farther away uh, from, from this idea than she is now. But how do you feel about college versus entrepreneurship? Do you think that you, you should actually go to school and further your education? <laughs> or do you think that like what your son's doing – I'd have a hard time imagining that at some point he'd want to go to school if he's going to continue <laughs> to experience success, you know, at least like long term. Like, how do you feel about that? Because well, you got you got those pieces of paper, you said. Yes, I do. Um, I grew up in that era. You know, you're around my age, too. So same thing where mm -hmm. the degrees were valued at a certain statute, mm -hmm. you know, and I think I was at the tail end of just because you got a degree that it means something you know, that you're at this status, let's say. Right. Doesn't mean that it doesn't have value, you know, because uh, obviously you want to be a doctor, you still gonna have to go right, get right. those pieces of advice. That's required for you sure. You want to be a lawyer, you're going to have to do that, right? Or you go own the law firm. Or you can own the medical facility and hire a doctor and save yourself 12 years, right? So I did learn that one too. But what would you call that? Distribution, baby. What would you call the owner? <laughs> what's, the, what's the owner doing in that business, Zulu? There's a key word. I, I think you're going to get it. <laughs> uh, well, it could be a couple of things. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right? You know, but it's it's just ownership. You know, it's ownership. And you know how they say you get the A students working for the C students type yep. concept? The C student realizes, you know what? I'm not the smartest one. So let me just go find those smartest people and they're, but they're creative, right? Yeah. Um, so let me go get those people to start working for me, you know, and, and get that going. So that's kind of what happens. But um, yeah, it's it's just distribution. And I had a buddy that told me this. He was like, look, you could be in a medical field and you ain't got to go to 12 years of school. Just get the facility, you got the money, you hire doctors and have them run it, partner up with them. And that's what happens with most things that are going on. You might have somebody who has the talent and the, the pieces of paper, but they don't have the funding or maybe even the network. So or the vision. Or the vision. Even more so, probably the vision. Right. That's so a great you, point, you, really. If you don't have, look, we'll stop on that point real quick, right? We'll, we'll stop there and sit there for a second. If you don't have vision, you're going to work for somebody who does. Hmm. That's it. Either if you, if you don't have vision, you're going to work for somebody who does. That's it. Have you seen, I'm, I'm pretty sure you have, this is so real. Have you seen that meme? Uh, and it's it's talks about like uh, this employee sees their boss pull up in a like Lamborghini. Yeah. And they're like, man, that's such a nice car. He says, yeah, if you work real hard and do everything that we tell you to do, I'll be able to get another one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's cold. Yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about. That's what it is. You know, my, my son... Like how he, he picked up on that. That's what it is. So, you know, the school thing, I think education is key. Sure. 100, but, yeah, 100%. but does education solely means 
that I got accepted into a institution to me anymore. No. And I don't I like the word institution anyway. I don't even like that word. Prison. Right. Institutionalized. <laughs> I mean, you owe them after most people. You're in a financial prison. You know how many people I've sat down with that they're in their 50s plus and they still owe student debt? Or talking about going and taking another class so they can defer it? Yeah. Okay. I so, see that so all the it's, time. Yeah, it's, it's just nuts. American nightmare for a lot of folks. Right. So, so when it comes to that standpoint, um, I think the tip that I'm on, and I think anybody can be, is create it. Education is key. Information is key. But guess what? Create it. He's going to go to the school of, you know, hard knocks of Zulu empires, you know, truth legacy and whatever else we got going on. You know, um, word, word. creating that that platform, that bubble. Um, so our kids got those opportunities. You know, when you got these uh, families that people know, it's because it's not because of the school they went to. It's because of what the families created mm -hmm. that, you know. They created that bubble for them. Okay. So I got it going on with my daughter now. My daughter's the, she's graduated high school now. And it was that, that moment like, oh, you're going here, you're going this. She wants to get into acting, right? She's starting to do acting. She's doing those gigs. Um, is that going to be a maker or breaker if she goes to college? Not really in there. What is more valuable? me having her be around folks that are very successful in that particular business or me spend $70,000 a year for her to talk to people who didn't make it in business. Mm. You know, and to each his own, but I don't really buy into, well, just go and you'll figure it out along the way and just kind of sit there and burn up time. Right. Um, Cause I was one of those where I went all the way through school just cause you're supposed to do it. That was just my thing right? that I was taught, but it wasn't until my senior year, the last semester that I started doing some real due diligence and trying to find out how do I make the most money doing what I'm with this degrees I'm about to have. Right. And I didn't like my answer, but why did I have to wait four years to figure that out? Yeah. To me, I was like, that was just silly, mm -hmm. you know, but I didn't know any different. I found out that, okay, in, in that field, to make the most money, you need to be drugging up kids. And mm -hmm. I wasn't down with that. <clears throat> that's what I, mm -hmm. that's what I figured out. It was, it was prescriptions. Mm. See, Zulu got a strong moral compass and that's why we, 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 we were we having a, one of the major reasons why, yeah, we rock with him. Can't do it. That's a fact. So, you know, in, so what could somebody do today that's uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, what could somebody do today um if they're like on the fence right because there's people on the fence like um like man like i like i want to do this career you know like they're, they're on the career fence or the entrepreneurial fence you know or they're leaning on both sides you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I want the safety of a career, but man, I, well, I here's the work. thing. I think you know it should be congruent. Okay. Yeah. So like, if we're talking about career, we're talking about job or are we talking about business? Like we got to define what, which one it is, you know, um, you can be working as an employee somewhere, but if it's working in the field that you're trying to be 
be entrepreneurial in, then I don't think there's no problem with that. Cause it, but if you're working, serving tables somewhere, right. Um, or you're, you're shoveling boxes somewhere and you're like, Hey, I'm trying to be a, um, I don't know, a truck driver, or you want to, you know, be in the distribution of oranges, whatever. They have nothing to do with each other, let's say, right? Whatever it may be. Okay. So they need to be congruent, basically. Right. So if I'm somebody who wants to be in a business where it's about people and it's about uh, networking and bringing in clients and doing all that type of stuff, the worst thing I could be doing is doing a job that's just isolating me away from everything. And just data entry somewhere, you, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's not enhancing my skill. So if you're someone who has to do a sales job or you're trying to do a business that sales, then go work sales for somebody. You, you mm, know what I mean? Cause yeah. you're, you're getting your skill together, you know, or you're on and the phone and you're getting paid to learn how to do it. Exactly. You know, that's the problem that people have. They do stuff that has nothing to do with where the direction they're trying to go. You know, mm. i.e. college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, hey, yeah how how yeah. many people come out of college and they're like, uh, working at Starbucks? I'm like, why are you here? And they're like, well, you know, I realized I didn't want to actually do what I learned to do. Yeah, man, I was literally just talking to somebody today that just graduated from school, $100,000 in debt. And he's like, you know what? I didn't really want to do that anyway. And it's about to go back into school. Literally is like tabling the idea of going back into school, which is another hundred and like twenty grand for like some type of uh I forget what the uh I forget what it was. Um but uh, literally like at least another hundred thousand dollars just to get a different degree. She's like, Man, you know what? I don't wanna do that now, I wanna do this. But they're like wrestling with the fact like, dude, I don't wanna have to pay like student loans, I'm already way behind. You know, I just got out from all this stuff. It, it's so been it's, a crutch for yeah. people now. You know, to what to your point. I know this has been a crutch for a lot of people now. It's like, oh, I'm going to go back to school because you don't know what to do. So you're going to go back to school and go create more debt versus going and finding people who actually do what you think you might want to go do and find out if that's really what you want to do. Yeah, give yeah. it a try, right? Go find them. If you want to be a doctor, go shadow a doctor. Mm -hmm. Work for free for somebody. I would yeah. prefer to work for free for somebody who's doing something that I want to do and learn that game than go work for it's like business school people go to business school to learn from somebody who ain't never had a business mm. or a successful business how much sense does that make zero look i want to make a whiskey man that's why i drink all kinds of like different you know whiskey i gotta give them a try so now you got to get to the wine and spirits business yeah. you got to find people who do it i, right? I have i okay. have it yeah i've been and, picking some brains and taking some notes and, and stuff and then that's and, and how that works you know i've been finding out about that side yep um but yeah, just get in the sphere of where you want to go. Mm. You, it's a, like we talk about associations, environments. Yeah, it's key. Like you're saying, okay, our kids live in a certain environment. Yeah, it is. It's totally different than where we grew up. Yep. Um, but that's why they're supposed to get different. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think any good man, and you're obviously a great one, um, wants their family to level up generation after yeah, generation. Like. It's it should be about progression. So it, I 100% agree with you about that. With that being said, I'm gonna go back to this, and I I don't know if Tina's gonna watch this or not. I don't think you get in any hot water. I might, but um, being an entrepreneur and then us talking about education, do you find yourself as a father 
trying to steer your kids or is it more important for you to just give them an example and let the chips fall where they may? Like, do you, do you, do you find yourself like, nah, maybe school's not, cause I find myself doing that. And then I feel a little bit guilty because one of my kids uh-huh. wants to be a scientist and we know that you have to go to school for that. Yeah. And I'm just like, school sucks. Dude. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I will tell you this. I never, cause both my parents were education, right? you know? So it was kind of like, I did, it wasn't even an option. Like college know? was a grade 13. Yeah. That's all it was. <laughs> college was great. I never not thought about going to college for me. It, it wasn't even something that I even thought twice about. Right. Didn't know it wasn't an option, basically. Like, you thought it was part of the process, right? Basically. That's 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 how I was. So, um, you know, for me, it's totally different. Um, but here's the thing. Even like my oldest, I've never told her that you shouldn't go to college, right? But I have said, I did have a talk with her like maybe a year or two years ago about like, what is it that you would do? Not what you think you want, we want you to do, not what you think grandma wants you to do or whoever, right? What is it that you would do if, if you could do anything in the world, what would it be that you would do? You know, like you'd be passionate about. And that's when the acting thing. So I'm like, oh. Okay, fine. All right, let's do it. I can't be a hypocrite on it. Yeah, I got, I got a, a backer on it. So, all right. right, then if you're gonna do that, you have four criterias. Okay, and Alex knows about this too because this is what it is. You need to learn communication. You got to learn and understand business. Perfect your craft, right? And then learn investing. Those are the four things. So before she got out of high school, she took a communication class at the college, right? And the great thing is I didn't even tell her to do it. I didn't, I, didn't, I found out after that she did it. Um, she did communication, you know, there. Um, she took like the e-commerce or uh, economics, you know, class or whatnot. Uh, and then she's been investing. She already saves. She already has, she's been saving. You right. Know? Um, but I taught her more about investing. She opened up her own stock accounts and stuff like that. And, you know, she's been doing her thing. those four pillars would you have given her those four pillars regardless of what she chose okay yeah Yeah. i knew that was going to be your answer i just wanted yeah it wasn't people to understand the the importance of those four pillars yeah that's that's what it was she while we're running in fours (laughs) while we're running in fours right now man uh especially when it comes to building a business Mm -hmm. i'm distributing uh you know, and wanting to really live your ultimate life, right? Because you only get one of these things, vision, right. you know, um, and really living the life that you design, right, for yourself. So let's talk to, let's talk a little about these four phases. Yeah, no, I gonna say this. <laughs> let's talk a little about these four phases. That, Alex. Yeah. I don't know if they really, you know, that. you know, and let's, you let's close exclusive. out with that. Okay. Let's close out with the four phases, man, and, and and talk about really how I came up and what was the um, the realization of you know of, of how it came about. So. Um, and this is a good way to probably conclude here because um, it came to me a few years ago. Uh, some of you guys probably know Tim Grover. You know, he's an animated uh, coach, trainer, all of this stuff, right? So he spoke. And actually, his latest book, he talks about the same exact event, right? Uh, when it really came to me because I was a speaker and I spoke – I was going to speak after him. That's what it was. I spoke after him and he's talking to me and he's like, Hey, so, you know, 
I'm trying to get a feel of the groove in the crowd. And uh, he's like, so what you think I'm going to talk about? And I told him what I was going to talk about. <laughs> and then he tries to, he goes over there and starts, I'm like, man, he tried to win your time. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Before you got to do it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Man, I was man. like, ah. Timmy. You know, and, and then, uh, <laughs> but it was hilarious because he wasn't in his element, but he talks about it in his new book. Mm. He talks about this in his new book. He said it was the worst speech he's ever given in his life, right? Because he wasn't himself on there, right? And um, he was trying not to curse and stuff like that. You could tell it was just awkward for him, mm -hmm. you know, on there. But um, obviously, he's got some great principles. I read all his stuff, everything, right? But uh, anyways, going into there, I was like, how do I break this down systematically? Okay, because I thought about duplication. That's the biggest thing, you know. How do I have a business? How do I transfer this this belief to everybody else or this this flow? So here's the four phases. So if you take a note, if you don't got a pen and paper, I'd stop and get one right now because this is it. I'm about to drop it on you. Hey, okay. So four phases, right? And I had to put it in a book book format, right? That we'll be putting that out before the end of the year. Uh, great, great friend of mine that I, I know you guys are gonna have on here pretty soon. Yeah, it would beat me over the head about putting this out and putting it on paper. Um, and uh, basically, what he what what I did was put it in the format, and it's four phases. Okay, four phases to the game. So number one is whatever it is you're doing needs to be like a reflex. It needs to be reflexive. So if you're playing basketball, you you're learning to dribble a ball, right? Mm -hmm. Right when you first learn to play, like my son's just started playing basketball. So at first he used to look at the ball. Now he didn't look at the ball when he's dribbling. Right. So if someone's trying to take the ball from you, you're going to do what? You're going to react and move. You have to think, oh, I need to move because they're trying to take the ball. No, it's a reaction. It's a reflex. Okay. So you do enough repetition, it becomes a reflex, whatever it is, whatever business or whatever it is you're doing. Number two is transferring skill and belief to the next person. Duplication. So if you can't transfer the skill and belief to someone else, you don't have a business. You're self-employed because I mean, no one can do what you do. Right. Right. That's not a business. Okay. Um, the third is making sure that, um, what, what, well, let's, let's back up when we talk about duplication, cause I'm, I'm gonna pause here. Cause this is a big issue since we're talking about leadership and building, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on that one for a sec. Okay. So most people, they, they're like, okay, I got myself going. I can do what I do or whatnot. And they might be able to close and maybe speak do whatever it is, but they don't, they can't get other people to do the same thing. So their power is limited because it's only stops with them. So the person who learns to get someone else to duplicate now is limitless. Okay. So that's how you got a distribution channel because there's more than one person knows how to do the, do the deal, whatever right. it is. Okay, so phase one, we got reflexive. Phase two is transferring skill and belief, right? So you got to do the drilling and get the skill and then create and help pour belief, right? Then number three, phase three is increase your network. So therefore you can increase your net worth. Associations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If you know nine broke folks, then guess what? You're the 10th one. If you know nine successful people, then chances are you're the 10th one. Okay. So it's one of those things where 
as you increase that network and in the direction you want it to go, like you guys are doing this podcast, your network is increased. Your value is increasing, right? You guys have moved in an environment, you know, like me here, where now your income goes up. Your associations are different. Yep. Okay. And it should consistently be that. So that's the only way you're going to increase your net worth. Your net worth is automatically going to increase by just having that happen. And then the fourth is power plays. So this is what everybody wants to do. Everybody, like uh, Kevin Hart says, it. everybody want to be famous, but nobody want to do the work. Everybody want to be rich and everybody want to have this lavish lifestyle, but they don't want to do the work. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you don't have those first three together, you can't make power plays. So power plays are things that people make moves that alter the course of not only your life, but others' lives, right? They change the communities. They change the world. Um, you know, Amazon changed the way that people, you know, bought stuff and distribution, Facebook, yeah. all these different things. Those were power plays that were made, but they had the other things down. They had, uh, whatever they were doing was like a reflex. They knew it like the back of their hand. They were able to transfer belief and skill to somebody else. They increased their network. So their net worth was going up. So they had the resources to make power plays. So right now that's really what it's about. But if you don't have those first three, you can't do number four because everybody wants to skip to number four. Mm. Mm. If he hit you, <laughs> it didn't mean to miss you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're welcome. If he hit you, you're welcome. <laughs> you said upside the head with it, man. Yeah. Upside the head, man. I'm glad we I'm glad we wrapped up with that, man. Cause that's it, man. As long as you know those four phases and you act and you're acting on it, and you can't do it without order. No. If you're doing it out of order, you lose. <laughs> you know, you know, you be spinning your wheels. Yep. You know, I think a lot of folks do it out of order because um, they're antsy. You know, they get a little antsy. Maybe they have a little bit of. Maybe they have taught maybe one or two people a couple of little things. They might got a couple of things going on. You know, and they, you know they they, you know, but then they start trying to make power plays. Be, but they haven't started building up their network. Yep, you so, got to do the work. One thing you, I'll say yeah. real quick here: doing the work sometimes the look of things people are too focused on the look of things versus the skill like someone will, oh, i want to make sure my post and all this stuff looks good but do, do you know how to close do you know how to actually sell whatever product you're talking about right all right yeah. so doing the work mm. is a big thing i was just going to ask do you ever stop working on number one like even if you got good at two right and you're on phase two or even moving to phase three you personally and anybody listening who's going to uh, you know, uh, implement these four phases, which I, I, I am, but do you ever stop working on one? No, because you're, you're, you just, you get more reflexes, <laughs> you know, more things become more of a reflex. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just like, okay, you guys are here. Was this part of what you thought you were going to do five years ago? Have a podcast right here. This moving up the charts, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's yeah. not what you, that's not what you probably thought five years ago. No. So this has become, because you guys are real comfortable in these seats. I could tell, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, because it's becoming a reflex, but it's a new reflex for you because it wasn't one before. Right. So next year, before the end of the year here, you're going to have other reflexes. Your abilities to ask questions have increased, right? Um, you know, if you ask the same questions every single time, then like, it gets old, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, so so that that's the thing. So I would say no. It just may not. It may not be the same amount of time on the same exact things, 
but there'll be new reflexes that are that are created. Love it. You know what? Hey, hey, even Michael, you know, hey, Michael Jordan had a coach too. Yeah. You know, he worked on his defense every he worked on his defensive stats. He worked on his you know, he probably did a whole bunch of push ups and sit ups, you know, but you can always get better at it. Yep. Um, but man, this was fire, man. This was fire. So if y'all didn't man, man, if y'all ain't take no notes on this, man, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'll be honest, I don't know what's wrong with you if you ain't take notes on this, man. This was lit. Jet man, I don't know if you had any closing closing uh, statements, man. Man, no, I agree. I can, you know piggyback off of that. This I think this is one that you should go back and listen to a couple of times uh, for obvious reasons. Actually, actually, I shouldn't say for obvious reasons. Only if you're serious. Hey, only if you're serious. About it. It. Only if you commit. Yeah. Committed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. The 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 interesting ones will listen to this one time. The committed ones will have this bad boy on replay over exactly. and over and over again. Exactly. Um, but man, just want to let everybody know. Remember, please do. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Um, you know, tag tag somebody in this thing, man. Um, that you that you think that this, that this would benefit um, down there in the comments, man. And we appreciate it. Also, um, you know, we have some we have some great things coming up. We have some great things coming up. Some great some great uh, community community things community things for the uh, for the uh, for the No Pressure No Diamonds podcast, man. And we will be releasing it very very soon. Uh, man, but without no further ado, no pressure. No diamonds. Let's get it.